Normally, it's uh, I've taken some time off, but it's Round Guy here in the Round Guy podcast. And we are calling in a marker. We are uh, eager and happy to have made arrangements to talk with a guest we had on previously. But he was so, uh, you know, inspiring and so much fun. We wanted to have him back. Of course, we're talking about Mrs. Driscoll's favorite son, Jimmy Driscoll, a former uh, major leaguer with Oakland, Texas, and Cincinnati, and now residing in New Hampshire, but we're talking with Jimmy Driscoll. Jimmy, good afternoon. Good afternoon again, Steve. It's good to be back on the air with you and to be heard by a lot of people from Iowa. I have fond memories of, of, of Iowa when I played for Des Moines and AAA, and also when I played the Midwest League with uh, Burlington. So I've been all over the state, and uh, some wonderful people there, so it's good to be back on the air over there. But we're tickled to have you, and and uh, just kind of in keeping with the uh, the theme, I'm watching the Cubs and the Padres with the sound off. Uh, as you might expect, the Cubs are down four to two, but I'm enjoying watching them. And and let me ask you this: It's perfect that you're here, and something I've wanted to talk with a veteran major leaguer, uh, and now I, of course, have the chance to do so. There are a lot of changes going on in the major leagues. Uh, Previously, they've made some changes. They're talking about some changes, you know, for next season and down the road. Uh, Let me ask you to mention some of the things that you've seen in the way of changes in the game that you like and that you don't like? Okay, yeah, that's a, uh, a question that's been brought up uh, on a couple of, I'm on a couple of Zoom calls uh, a couple times a week or doing, dealing with baseball, and that's a question that's uh, been uh, proposed to me before about the changes. Well, first of all, baseball, whether they're making changes or not, and I'll get to that in a second because I've got a few things to say about it. But baseball is still a great game. It's still a great game no matter who's playing at that level at the moment. It's still a great game because you have to be able to play at those levels. You have to be able to run quickly. You have to have a strong arm. You have to put the bat on the ball. You have to be able to catch it. You have to be able to throw it on a consistent major league basis. So it's still a great game. Um, um, for that fact. Now, the changes that are being made, personally, I don't like them. We're going to have to live with them because we're not in charge of making the rules, but we don't have to like them. First and foremost, putting a runner on second base in extra innings, putting a runner on second base in extra innings to start the inning off, I've never seen, I mean, it's just, it's beyond me. When I played, if you were on second base, you deserved to be there by hitting a double or somebody danced you over. But anyway, that's number one. Number two, you can't break up a double play. You can't break up a double play and try to knock that shortstop in the center field. All right? Somebody might get hurt, they said. You know? Meanwhile, listen to this scenario. 
runners on first and third, one out, and the winning runs on third. Okay? Ground ball to the second baseman. He flips to the shortstop. In the old days, it would be my absolute job to break up the double play. And if I did, the guy from third scores and we win the ball game. Now, you almost have to get out of the way of the shortstop so he can make the throw to first because somebody might get hurt, they said, you know? Anyway, that's yeah. another one. That's another one. Another one is you can't bowl over the catcher. Ronnie third. When I played, I played, I was in a game one, one, one night. Ray Fossey, the great Ray Fossey, the catcher for Cleveland, went on to be a broadcaster with the A's. He was catching, and I was on second base. Ground, a base hit the left field, and the third base coach has me scoring, waving me on. And by the time I got about three quarters of the way down the line, Ray Fossey already had the ball. I tried to bowl him over, knock the ball out of his hand. Well, that didn't work because he caught me in midair and threw me down to the ground like I was a, a rag doll. <laughs> that's a true story. And another rule that's looming, it's looming, they're testing it in the minors, is they're going to have a computer calling balls and strikes. You know? Uh, right. They have that in tennis now, and uh, I don't know, maybe some other sports, but, uh, gee, I mean, they're, they're taking the human interest right out of the game. You know? That's, and, and how can you argue with a computer? You know? <laughs> but anyway, uh, I don't like the new changes. I like the old rules. The umpire calls. Another rule. Challenging the umpire where they have to go over and the umps have to put the headphones on to talk to New York to see what they, they, they think, you know? When I think, if the umpire called you out, you're out. You know? You could argue right. with him, get up. You could argue with him, get up in his face and like Earl Weed used to spin his hat around so he wouldn't be wanting to get a little closer so the bill of his hat didn't hit the umpire. But uh yeah, it's it's just it's uh they're taking the the human interest out of the game. It's it's sad, really it's sad, you know. And it makes sense to me, Jimmy, that, that as a veteran major league baseball player, uh, for so many years, that other uh, retired major league players probably agree with you. Don't you oh, find that to be true? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But let's face it; it's a big, it's a, it's a big money business now. Come on. When I played the top players back, this is back in the late sixties, early seventies. The the best, the top players were making hundred thousand, hundred and twenty-five thousand, pretty good money in those days, right? Now. Right. The minimum salary now, the least, if you're in the big leagues, the least you can make is $500,000 a year. Wow. The least. That's the minimum. You yeah. put two or three years, you, you string a couple of two, good, three, two or three good years uh, together. Meanwhile, you sign a contract, $4 million a year. You put another couple of years together. Meanwhile, you're, the top players are making $30 million a year. I can't even count that high. You know, unbelievable, isn't it? The bad boys are making a hundred thousand. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Well, Jimmy, let me back up to uh, 
I, I was uh, impressed with your story about Ray Fossey and trying to take him out, and you were a tad unsuccessful. But it makes sense that Pete Rose uh, uh, got got even with him in that All-Star game. Remember when Pete Rose took Ray Fossey out at the All-Star game? Of course. That, that, changed, that was the changing point in Ray Fossey's career. Yeah, messed up his shoulder, I think. Yeah, he came, uh, but that was almost like a bang-bang play at the plate. Uh, in my instance, uh, I was two or three feet from the plate, and they already had the ball. But when Pete, Pete I mean, it was legitimate. It was trying to break, you know, knock the ball loose. Right, uh, right. But it, but it changed the, uh, it changed, that was the change, the turning point in Ray Fossey's career. He rebounded from it, but he was never the same as he was before, you know? Right, yeah. So. Well, yeah. Uh, I appreciate hearing your take on some of these changes that are going on. Yeah. Uh, but let me then, let me then ask you this. Uh, is there, do you still follow the game at all and watch? I do because I'm a fan of the game. And when you mentioned that you're, you've got the Cubs, uh, San Diego game on with the, with the volume turned down. The real, the real uh, baseball fan, they don't need an announcer telling them what's going on, right? You know right. yourself. You know yourself what's going on. You don't need it. I mean, so you turn down the volume, you can still enjoy the game, you know? But yes. Uh, I, I do follow it. Uh, I don't sit down. And, and the, when the playoffs come around, I'll, I'll play a little, pay a little more closer attention to it. Uh, but during the regular season, the Red, I'm up here in New Hampshire, so we get the Red Sox uh, on a nightly basis. Uh, so I'll tune in to them every once in a while. I've been concentrating on the Celtics uh, recently. You know, they're, they're playing tonight in Boston with their, with their lives on the line. You know, they win tonight. They go back to Frisco for the seventh game. If they lose, the, they go to the golf course tomorrow, you know. So, uh, but I do. I pay attention to baseball. I'm in a fantasy league. I'm leading my league in the fantasy. I'm 9-0. and oh. nine Wow. I'm 9-0. and oh. Awesome. General, I'm like a general manager, you know. If a guy is, uh, uh, you know, going into a, a, a slump or a pitcher's looking nuts, I dump him right away and get somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me. All right. So, so currently in the game today, and it, and it makes sense that you you follow uh, pretty closely what's going on. Who are your picks as far as some of the current major leaguers that are real superstars and and inevitably destined for Cooperstown in your mind? Well. You gotta, you gotta start off with probably uh, uh, Aaron Judge for the uh, for the for the Yanks. I mean, he's um, he's just getting started. I mean, somebody said, "What are they going to offer?" They've already offered him a, a ton of dough. He turned it down, but now he's he's uh, he's really you know he's putting big numbers up on the board. If somebody's if the Yanks don't compete. The Yankees should come up to him, give him a blank check, and say, "Fill it in, whatever you want." You know, because right. some clubs, some clubs, going to do that if the Yankees don't do it. So him, um, let's see, anybody else? You know, some of those. 
Look at the kid from the Angels, the pitcher, Osami there. I mean, that's easy. To be in the Hall of Fame, you got to do it consistently for 10, at least 10 years, you know, to be even considered. So, uh, but Judge and the kid Stanton, if he stays healthy, he's good. Just off the top of my head, I, you know, uh, names elude me, but uh, those are a couple that come into mind, you know. And to that end, what about your your thoughts on free agency? Where you know we talked a moment ago. You mentioned the money and and the outrageous salaries that some of these guys are getting. When when they put together several good years statistically, and they get the big money, they they don't seem to stay with one team for their entire career, whereas that used to be the case. So your take on on free agency and what it's done uh, to players, because once you, you, know, you start rooting for Anthony Rizzo and, and now, you know, you got to get a new jersey because he's with a different team. And, well, and the right. same with a lot of these other guys. Well, that's it. I mean, when we were growing up uh... – you know, you could count on your favorite player being back the next year with your team. You know, you right? Could count on you could count on uh, Yaz being back, or you could count on Ted Williams or those that, that era, or Mickey Mantle, or any of those guys that played their whole careers with one organization. You could count on it. You know, you're zeroed right. in on them. And right, just right now, the Anthony Rizzo of the world. Uh, and here's what it boils down to: it's the uh, it's the uh, the old dollar sign, you know. They they got so much money floating around. They'd be fools not to take advantage of it because it's a it's a short lived career. Let's face it, you know. When you you reach the age of 30, 35 years old, you're an old timer, you know. Where you're right. a young man, well, that age, you're just a young man in 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 the, in the game of life, you know. So I can't blame them. I can't blame them, but. Uh, too bad for the fans. They, you know, somebody hates the Cubs, and if somebody hates the Yankees. All of a sudden, their favorite player Rizzo's playing for them. You know, how do you, how do you justify that? But it is what it is, and it's, uh, it's you gotta, you gotta accept it because it's, it's here, whether you like it or not. You know. Well, I agree with you. Uh, I was a fan of. You know, this young kid that I thought had some promise, he looked pretty talented to me, and he had a unique uh, name, uh, and he was for the Red Sox. So I'm, I'm confident you're familiar with Andrew Benatendi. One of, and some of, the, some of the greatest catches in the World Series history were made by Benatendi. Remember those catches he made when they won the pennant a couple of years ago in left field? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Great glove, good oh, stick. And he was young and, and full of promise. Sure. But because he was a Red Sox, I couldn't I couldn't root for him. Well, but then he know. ended up with the Royals, and at least now I can kind of root for him. Uh, yeah. but, but another example of a guy not spending his entire career with one ball club. Exactly. See, I, lo- I love Benintendi. You know, I, he was one of my favorite. That, that whole outfield, Benintendi... Then they had uh, 
Jackie Bradley Jr. in left, and I forget who's in center now for that club uh, off the top of my head. But anyway, a, a, just a, a wonderful player. And then when they traded him, he didn't he didn't play out his option. They traded him, the Sox, I think. He didn't he didn't all of a sudden become a free agent and go with Kansas City. They traded them to Kansas City. And well, they must have got what they thought was a hell of a return because I think that kid's got a future. Yeah. He struggled somewhat in Kansas City, but uh, you know, he he's uh you know, you've seen a lot of players they'll come in and they become one one like a rock and roll band, a one hit wonder, you know. When, uh, Jimmy, when you were growing up, before you made it to the major leagues, and and you, you spent some a few years in the minors, but when you were a kid growing up, who was your idol? Who was your favorite player? Oh, absolutely, number seven in pinstripes. And uh, if you don't know who number seven in pinstripes is, you're not a baseball fan. Who was it? Well, I can't. His name it rhymes with Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Mickey Mantle, I mean, he was my all-time, I, I grew up in Boston, I'll tell you a quick story, I, I grew up in Boston, and my father uh, was an usher at Fenway Park when I was growing up, so, and when I was four years old, I had my picture, and this was 1948, when I was four years old, I had my picture taken with Ted Williams. At Fenway. I had a little Red Sox uniform on. And my brother Joe, he was one year older. He had a Sox uni on. This was before the fans got into the into the stadium. Because the the, uh, the ushers and the ground crew were the first employees into the park. But meanwhile, the Sox were having batting practice. And Ted walked by the close by to the box seats. And my father waved them down. Asked if he'd take a quick picture with, with uh, my sons, me and my brother Joe. It said, sure. He walked over, he put his arms around us, they snapped the picture, and 25 years later, picture this now, 25 years later, I was playing for the Oakland A's, and I got traded to the Texas Rangers. And who was the manager of the Texas Rangers? Ed Williams. Right. So, my father sends the picture down, one from 1948, and I waltzed it in at Ted's office. And I said, I said, Ted, will you sign this? He said, who is that? I said, that's me. He got the biggest kick out of it. He called the press. They took another picture of he and I as Rangers, ran the both pictures back to back in the paper with the headlines, Driscoll Williams reunited after 25 years. <laughs> uh, that's great. Got you know, a great story. Uh, oh, that's my, great. Yeah, my favorite, and nobody knew I was a Yankee fan because I was from Boston, and nobody, you know, but I was rooting for the Yanks, you know, Moose Scourin, Bobby Richardson, Tony Kubek, and Whitey Ford, and Yogi, and Clint Boyer, Clint Boyer, in third, come on, you know? Uh, So, that's a great story. Uh, So, it had to happen that somewhere... Either in your minor league career or certainly in your major league career, uh, you had to have run into Mickey Mantle. Tell us how that would have worked out. I want to tell you something. 
this was revealed after the fact, but in, if you're, it, it goes on the minors too. You get to the ballpark, you get to the clubhouse. There's usually a couple dozen, three, two or three dozen balls uh, on the table in the clubhouse, and, and the players sit down and sign them. And they're the balls for the organization to do it what they wanted with, you know. So Mickey Mantle couldn't be bothered with signing these balls. So the clubhouse guy, the clubhouse guy signed Mickey Mantle's name to a, about 10 years worth of baseballs, right? So people that have that autograph of Mickey Mantle, it's not Mickey Mantle's autograph. It's the clubhouse guy. Okay. Right? So now I'm out in Arizona. I, I got a job in scouting after my playing days were over, but I was scouting out in Arizona. And that was, and this was back in the early, the late eighties. The fantasy camps were just getting off the ground. You know, the uh, baseball fantasy camps where, you know, the general public could go down and spend a week with former players and, you know, be a, like, a, like a spring training. Anyway, the Yankees had one in Scottsdale, Arizona. And Mantle was there. Yogi was there. Whitey Ford was there. Elston Howard. They had a bunch of them. And when I first played at Yankee Stadium, with the A's, and in the clubhouse, the visiting clubhouse, the club, he had a trunk, a big trunk full of black and white pictures, press pictures, uh, and he, he would let you go through and take a couple if you wanted. So I went through, and I took him to grab one with Mickey Mantle standing right next to Joe DiMaggio, uh, close-up shot, and I grabbed that for myself, you know, because Mickey was my favorite. So... Fast forward 20 years, and here's Mickey Mantle at a fantasy camp five miles from where I live. I grabbed the picture and the Sharpie, and went to the fantasy camp, and they were just getting ready to take a, like a team picture. So I had an opportunity. I walked right up to Mantle, and I said, Mickey, would you sign this? He said, where'd you get that picture? I said, well, I was, I'm a former player. And... If you're a former player in the majors, there's a close knit. Whether they knew you or not, the fact that you played in the, you're a professional player. There's a, it's a close knit camaraderie that goes on. So I gave him the pen, I gave him the picture, and he signed the picture. And I've got it framed in my den right now, with the, with the knowledge that it is indeed a Mickey Mantle signature. You know. So that's I'll give you fifty dollars. I'll give you fifty dollars for that picture right now. <laughs> it's probably it's it's probably worth. You put a couple of zeros on that, then you might be able to get it. Yeah. Uh, um, that's it's fantastic. That, did yeah. you ever catch up with Dimaggio to have him sign it as well? No, I, you... I did. I I was I was around him, but I never got a, a, a the thought never entered my mind because he was a coach for the A's back when I first got got to the majors. Oh, that's right. He was, right. One, he, was one, that. he was one of the coaches. I used to go to church with him on Sunday, go to mass with Joe DiMaggio. Wow, out in spring training, out in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, so he was one of the. He was Mr. Coffee in those days. Remember the Mr. Coffee that? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he did. He did the commercials. Yeah. Joe DiMaggio. 
That's yeah. great. Sure. Well, the, you know, you mentioned these fantasy camps. I I, I went to a bunch of those. Yeah. And it was a, it, the closest I got to being a major leaguer. But it was, but I it allowed me to catch up with Mickey uh, a couple of times as well. Great. And it's fun. It was fun. Just I mean, and you realize once you around those guys on a on a close intimate basis, the clubhouse and on the field, you 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 came to the realization that they're just regular guys that are talented in baseball. You know, right, right. That's what that's what you you realize is the only thing they're special because they were have the God given ability to do it. But in essence, they're they're just like you and me. You know. Well, while we're talking about uh, favorite players from your standpoint and mine, and it makes sense to me, and, and I'm eager to hear a story or two uh, about it, but, you know, a lot of times a young kid watching TV or reading a story, uh, it, it does, it's kind of a unique situation which makes that person decide that he's going to be a fan of this particular player. So it makes sense that you had that happen where, where young kids grew up and their idol was Jimmy Driscoll. Uh, and, and did you ever have, and if so, please tell us about it where, where guys came up and said, Hey, you were my favorite player growing up. Absolutely. And, and it was not a, like a national thing, but locally, uh, I was the hometown hero, you know, uh-huh. And uh, so, you know, when I played it, when I first came up to the big leagues with the A's who were playing in Boston, I wound up, I hold one major league record. Uh, I left the most tickets for anybody to get into a ball game. I left 112 <laughs> tickets. I left 112 tickets for friends and family uh, uh, from the Boston area when I went into to play against. And I got two for, I played second base. But two for four off of Ray Comp, uh had seven uh, chances in the field, turned a couple of double plays, and it was with all my friends and relatives in the stands. It was quite a moment, you know. Oh, I bet. I, I, I still get maybe a couple of, couple of two or three a month of uh, people sending me uh, my baseball card and wanting to for an autograph, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh and I say, as long as they send me a self-addressed stamped envelope to return it, I'll, I'll sign it. You know, I'm not uh-huh. paying my own. I'm not paying postage back. You know, but most sure. of them do. Most of them do. But here's the funny thing. Uh, you know, just to in, uh, not trying to talk you into doing it, but usually they'll send a little note saying, uh, you know, do you. They'll introduce themselves and a quick note with the cards and that, but I've got, I've got notes saying that Jimmy, you were the, you were the best player I've ever seen. You were, you were better than, you were better than Wade Boggs and Cardi Strempke combined, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> trying to, trying to buddy you up just so you sign the thing and send it back to them, you know, uh-huh. 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 I didn't know me from Santa Claus, but there's uh-huh. card collectors card collectors and uh, my rookie card is a tops rookie card and it's a double card meaning i was on top of the card and underneath was um angel manguel who was a oh, i remember him angel manguel yeah 
uh, center fielder for the A's back in those days. And uh, he just passed away just recently down at, uh, in Puerto Rico. He's from Puerto Rico. Hey, I, I don't mean yeah, to cut in, but uh, Jimmy, can we get you to hang on for another segment? Uh, I'm kind of running out of not running out of gas, but I got a few things to do. Okay. Uh, can we can we can we uh, schedule another one to, in the near future? You bet. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I got a hundred more questions, Jimmy. Okay, and uh, I love talking baseball. I can tell. I, I, I love hearing you talk about baseball. I love talking about baseball, especially with people that know about baseball, you know? That's who exactly. I like to uh, c- converse with, you know? If I mention Moose Scourd, you know exactly who he is, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so you guys are you're right on the money as far as I'm concerned, and I enjoy talking to the both of you, and uh, I'll do it again sometime real soon. Well, Jimmy, we'd love to have you. And like I said, I got a hundred more questions that I want to throw at you. But if you got things to do, we'll we'll be considerate of that. And so we'll say goodbye and certainly thanks. And we'll be in touch and do this uh, down the road sometime. Sounds terrific, Steve. And uh, great to hear your voice again. And uh, the other guy on the dial, like John, is his name Johnson or something like that? Yep, Dave Dave Johnson. I know it is. I know who he, he is. <laughs> he's a legend in his spare time. In his spare time, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, again, guys, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. All right, brother. Okay, kid. Take two and hit to right. Yeah, swing hard in case you hit it. <laughs> That's exactly. Okay. All right, buddy. All right, so long.